Do you want more behind-the-scenes photos? Yeah. How about full, uncensored access? Oh, yeah. Maybe you just want the full VIP treatment? Well, for as little as $1, you can become a loyal Patreon of mine at patreon.com forward slash Trinity the Tuck and enjoy behind-the-scenes photos, videos, and tons more content before everyone else. Plus, there's exclusive merch. Check it out today. Mmm. Hi guys, and welcome back to work. I'm your hostess, Trinity the Tuck, and today our very special guest is the producer of Drag Race, Alexis Michelle. Today we'll be talking Drag Race Rundown, Hot Topics, and more. Hi guys, welcome back to work. I'm your hostess, Trinity the Tuck, and today my very special guest is my season nine sister, Alexis Michelle. Hey girl. Hi, how's it going? Oh, it's good. It's good to hear your voice. It's great to hear your voice too. Uh, you know, um, we uh, we can't see each other. I guess we could have f- FaceTimed, but... Um, That's true. But I haven't seen you in person in a while. Well, it's, not, it's not been that while, but... It's been yeah, we had uh, had long. a chance to sit down for lunch last time you were in New York. That was nice. Yeah, that was nice. Um, I I wasn't expecting to have uh, the other people with me when we had lunch, but um, they were in town and um, such big fans, and they're nice people. So it was a, it was a nice experience. It was a nice little lunch. They were lovely, lovely people to meet, and uh, you know we had a we had a, a good ten fifteen minutes before they got there, and we had some had some tea to spill, so it was good. We had a little private sister time too. Yeah, well, we get a lot of tea to spill today. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, how's it going? How are you feeling today? Like, you know, this quarantine thing is just like I'm just going stir crazy. It's crazy, girl. I mean, I'm sure you can relate. I'm sure everybody can relate that, like when could you ever have imagined something like this that would have like sort of put us all down for, for this amount of time and with everything so uncertain. So it's crazy. It's a little scary, but I am, you know, I'm grateful for the things I have. I'm grateful for my house. I'm grateful for my health. I'm grateful for this dog that I adopted before everything went crazy yeah, so you just got a new dog. That's so exciting. Yes, his name is George. Um, you can follow him on Instagram at George Bouvier Beale. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, you know, I wasn't, I don't know if you've heard, but like, I think in New York and all over the country, probably even all over the world, people are running out and adopting pets because they're spending all this time at home. And which is great because, you know, pets need to be adopted. But I wasn't one of the people that was like, oh, I need a quarantine pet. Um, I've been dying for years to have another dog. This is the the third dog that I've had. And I've just been waiting to do it. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to put it off. I know my schedule is a little up in the air, but I'm just going to go for it. So I literally adopted George a week before we really got kind of locked down. And I had no idea <laughs> that my schedule would, would be so taken care of for the foreseeable future as far as having enough time to bond with him and get to know him and have him feel comfortable with me at home. Oh, he's going to be so devastated, though, when you get back to work, bitch. He's going to be like, why are you leaving me? Right? I mean, I honestly, I was like, I have to start, like, I don't know, like put him in his in his crate and go down to the laundry room for an hour just so he thinks I'm not with him at all times. I mean, he probably thinks we're attached at the hip for life it's, now. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. Well, um, what is the dog's name again? Tell me the dog's name. George. And what kind of dog is he? 
You know, it's a mystery because he's a, he's a rescue and he's a mix. And he looks to me, definitely everybody who looks at him agrees that he looks like a boxer. But he's probably almost nine months old now. And he's kind of small for a boxer. So he's definitely mixed with a smaller breed. Maybe Jack Russell Terrier. Maybe even a Chihuahua. So when I took him to the vet for, for a checkup, uh, the vet who owns Chihuahuas, uh, she said she thought he had Chihuahua in him. So I want to do one of those doggy DNA tests. Are, are you can do that? Yeah, you can do that. They have like pet DNA tests. Oh my God. I'm going to do that. No, I've never done that. Cause you, you have some mixed breeds too, right? Right. I have, um, I have five dogs and, one of them is definitely mixed. Um, she was a rescue as well. She looks like she's part Chihuahua and part Rat Terrier, uh-huh. but but I'm not 100 percent sure. Um, yeah. So it would be it would be cool to find out what she is. My other ones I think are pretty much full blood. Um, yeah. Their, of their their uh, their breeds, but um, I still would love to get them all tested. So that would be cool. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's extra, but hey. Nobody does extra like drag queens. So, do, do you have him um, microchipped? Yeah, I was so lucky. the The organization that I got him from is called Muddy Paws, uh-huh. and they went ahead and they they microchip their animals and they spay and neuter. So, all of that was already taken care of by the time I got him because I got him already when he was like, you know, about seven months. Yeah, it's super important. All the listeners out there, if you have a pet go get them microchipped because it really will, it, it could really save your dog's life um, and you be able to find them quicker. I um, I remember when me and Leo first got together, um, maybe like a couple of months after we were together, he went on a trip with me to Hawaii and he left his puppy at my house because my roommate at the time uh, watched my dogs when I was out of town. Mm-hmm. And while we were gone, Gizmo, that's his name, got out of the house somehow and like ran away. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Luckily for us, the lady who found him took him to uh, animal control and they scanned him for a chip and we found him and, and got him back that same day. So, oh, um, thank goodness. If it wasn't for that, I don't know what we would have done because. He would have been lost. So get your pet chipped. It's super important. And get them fixed too. Yeah, that's true. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, so I um I'm excited to talk with you today because you have a lot of things going on too. Like, um, don't you have your show with um the girls are is airing soon, right? Yes, Dragnificent premieres. Uh it premieres tonight, actually. Um, so last night, uh Sunday was uh was our sort of sneak preview where we saw the first episode with our wrestling bride Corinne and then tonight uh the 20th of April is our official premiere on TLC at 10 p.m. and um you're going to get to see a very special story about a really lovely woman named Danielle from Mobile, Alabama. Yes, come on Alabama. <laughs> and um you know the girls and I BB and Thorgy and Juju, we we worked so hard on this and we had so much fun together. And I think I think everybody's really going to love Dragnificent. And I think it's honestly what we need right now. It's it's the kind of good feeling and warm heartedness that the world could use right now. So, have you seen? I don't even know um, if their show has aired yet or not. Um, I know that Bob and uh, Shangela and Eureka have a show that's kind of similar, but they're di- they're definitely different. But they're different. So that's of course called We're Here, and that's on HBO. And their show premieres later this week uh, on Thursday, the twenty third. And from what I understand, because I haven't seen any of it other than the previews that are out on social media, which look really good, right? Um, but from what I've heard, they really come into town in their sort of, you know, full performance drag personas and 
and sort of put people in drag and I think put on shows or balls. Um, so that's, that's really where like the, the, the large distinction lies. Our show is a bit different. What we do on Dragnificent is we come to your town and these, these are people who applied to be on the show. You know, they had, they had a big event an a big event in their lives coming up, whether it was a wedding or a school reunion or some other momentous life occasion. These people needed our help. And so somebody in their life nominated them to be on our show. And what we do is first we come in and we surprise uh, the lucky person who got selected. So they don't know yet um, that we're coming and we help them. We help them with, um, like self-esteem and preparation for the event. And- exactly. And that's, and cool. that's really what it's about. Cause you know, it's not just coming in and, and putting them in, you know, in some, some wild clothes or putting them in drag or putting them in even in, you know, in regular hair and makeup, which we do, don't get me wrong. There's some, some awesome makeovers on our show, but we try to show people that these, these, uh, you know, outward appearance things that you can do for yourself, just like drag when you or me or any of us put on our drag, that's just a tool. That's like your armor. Right. And, and what it is, is it's a tool to make you feel more empowered and make you feel more confident. And well, so that's, that, that's what drag is. That's what drag does for all of us as well. Exactly. And, you know, we, we related that to people and said, you know, drag picked us up when we were down, you know, for some of us, it really, I mean, I say, I tell people it saved me because I was at a really low point and I had been doing drag kind of here and there for many years. But when I started doing it full time, it was because everything else in my life had fallen apart. I had a breakup. My dog at the time died, like, you know, within a a few days of each other. And so all of a sudden I had this space in my life. I had this space in my apartment, which is now gone because there's hundreds of wigs all over. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Right. Um, But, but yeah, drag definitely picked me up when I was down and we showed people that you can use these tools. However, however it is that you wish to present to the world, you know, whatever your look is, whatever that is, those are just the tools to make you feel beautiful and strong in the world. Well, I'm super excited about the show. I'm going to definitely tune in and um, everyone else should as well. It's called Dragnificent and uh, it's on TLC, you said? Yes, Monday nights at 10. That's super cool. I can't wait to see the dynamic of you girls because it's definitely an interesting um, eclectic group. Oh, um, girl, we had a lot of laughs on set. Wait till you see. <laughs> I, I can't wait. I know, I know just by the, the girls that y'all have, that's a lot of personalities. So. Yes, yes. Well, so um, I want to talk to you about um, season nine. I always like to talk about season nine whenever I get a chance to... to uh, do a podcast with someone from season nine because yeah. we both experienced the same thing, but you might have a different, you know, a different um, way you saw things or experience in the same, same aspect. Cause we both, you made it to the top five. Like that's right. We had a very similar experience. Cause I think how long were y'all there more than me? Like a couple days. Very, very few after, after yeah. you. I mean, like you made it. Yeah. So, so far. So when you entered the workroom and you saw all the girls, did you think that you were going to definitely make top five? I didn't have, you know, I didn't take anything for granted. I knew I'd been waiting for this. Obviously, you know, I told everybody how long I'd been waiting for it. So I knew I was going to give it my all. And Mm -hmm. I thought, you know, and I thought that I, I had what it took to do well. And I think that like what really carried me through as far in the competition as I went primarily was my, my, my talent because I'm a performer and also my, my drive and my tenacity. Um, you know, there were definitely moments where I dropped the ball on my looks. Um, and so, yeah, when I walked in, I didn't, I didn't, 
I, I didn't walk in assuming anything, but I was like, oh, you can be sure I'm going to fight hard to, to, to get to the top of this thing. I mean, you definitely were like driven. You out of, out of almost all the girls, I would say that you were like number one, actually a lot like your drag daughter, Jan, like you're both very, very, very driven. Um, so we'll get, we'll get into the whole Jan thing in a little bit too. Okay. Um, how did you feel about, um, actually let me, let me rephrase that. I want to ask you what were your biggest, um, challenges to, to compete in like that you were like the most scared to do? Well, I will answer that in a moment, but just sort of backing up a little bit to walking into the workroom and thinking, were you going to make it to top five? I, I had every hope that I'd go all the way, but I will say, and I think that we all shared this experience when we looked around the room and saw the sort of high caliber of the group that was our cast, I thought, okay, this is not going to be easy. Not that I thought it was going to be easy, but I thought, this is going to be really hard because this, oh, this, this group looks incredible. I think out of any, and, the, and I'm not just being biased. I'm a huge drag race fan. I, me and Leo just finished all seasons, including all stars rewatching them all mm-hmm. um, literally the other day. And, um, I'm you got some huge... extra time on your hands, girl. <laughs> right. Hello. Oh my God. Hello. <laughs> but we, we're like huge fans of the show and I, I like watched it unbiasedly and season nine really was one of the strongest casts of any season. It, it literally ever almost, I, I wouldn't say almost all of them, but, um, from the ha- halfway point on up, any of the girls could have won. Certainly. And, you know, just to give a little bit of context, you know, as you know, because it's always hard to go home early on Drag Race. I watched James Mansfield's audition video. Where Uh, is it at? I need to see this. Well, actually, um, she and her husband stayed in my apartment with me one night before our first before the first New York City Drag Con. And um, and we watched each other's videos and. I was so blown away because I'd heard tell from the producers that it was quite a dynamic audition video. Yeah. Like she was so funny. Yeah. And, and it was so good. And I'll tell you the first thing I said to her when, after I was done, I looked over at her and I said, well, thank you for going home before snatch game. Cause she would have given me a run for my money. What was she going to do? Um, the one that I really remember in her video was Rumor Willis. No, 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 no. Sorry, not not Rumor Willis. Rebel Wilson. Rebel Wilson. Oh my um, gosh! And she was so funny. She her accent was good, and she was so so funny. And I was like, of course, you never know. Once you get into the the actual snatch game and the cameras are rolling, if you'll be able to deliver. But she certainly knew knew her character, knew her actress and like had some funnies written for it, you know? Yeah. That's the, that's the only thing about, um, James is I I definitely think that she is an incredible talent and, and the show did not show that at all. Like, like she, she didn't allow it. That, that was, she was her own kryptonite. Like she just got into her head. I remember in the cheerleading challenge, she was so defeated. Yeah. That like, it, she literally sabotaged herself. And and I have to say, you know, on that first day when we looked around the room and saw what a stacked group it was, I think she was one of the last people into the room, maybe the last one. And, well, before Lady Gaga. Um, <laughs> and, right. And I think I remember her making this sort of confident, stylized entrance with that puppet. And then she came around the room and her balloon started to deflate right there. Yeah, immediately. Yeah. yeah. Oh, but you, you wanted to know um, which challenges like freaked me out. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Um, so, I don't know. You know, the truth is, the truth is, I, I'm, a, I'm a performer. I love to perform. I live to be on stage in front of a live audience. And the truth is, I'm always nervous. I'm always nervous. And I... Uh, I think it's because I care and I'm invested um, and I want to do well. And 
there's kind of this old superstition, like in the theater, that like nerves are good, and if you're not nervous, like what's wrong? And so I always think to myself, if you're too relaxed, like what's wrong with you? You know? Right. Mm-hmm. So the truth is, most of the most of the challenges, like sort of had me nervous. There were ones I thought I would do well at, but like, for example, with the snatch game, um, that was the one that I felt the most pressure on too, because, um, I'd been doing Liza for years and I'd been waiting to do Liza on the show for years. And I was so lucky that no one had gotten to do it before me on, you know, on a previous season. So there was just huge anticipation. And even though it was clearly something I was prepared to do well at, like I said, you never know when it rolls and when other people are going, like, you never know how it's going to go. So I was nervous about that, but obviously it came out okay. How do you feel about your elimination from the show? Um, I think it's a tough call. It's a tough call because I think without question, um, you and uh, and Shay in particular, were like the clear, the clear two that were going to the finale. You won four individual challenges. Shay won four, two of them being combined with Sasha. So Sasha also had the two wins under her belt. And Sasha, Sasha is a, is a strong artist with a strong point of view. And I think was very, you know, was clearly deserving to go to the top. I think, and this is, this is like nothing against Peppermint. She is one of my closest friends and favorite people, you know, to sort of take away from the whole experience. And I have the greatest admiration for her as an artist. Um, but if anything, like you said, Drag Race doesn't always highlight somebody's strengths. Right. And I, I didn't necessarily feel like Peppermint was you know, leading at the head of the pack throughout the competition. I felt like she, there were a couple times where I expected her, um, you know, to maybe be in the bottom or maybe even get eliminated. But of course, she's a lip sync assassin. That's how she got there. Yeah. What was so helpful to her was that she's a dynamite performer. And so part of what makes Peppermint so electric is how she performs. And so, when it mattered most to save herself in lip syncs, that's when she like really shone through. Right. Um, so if anything on the day, you know, did I think, did I think it deserved to be me uh, in the bottom? I would say probably only because like I said, the three of you did so strong, you know, throughout the competition and on that day. Um, so there were only five of us there, so it had to be me and her in the bottom. Um, and as far as who won the lip sync, I watched it. Peppermint won that lip sync fair and square, you know? Right. Um, so it, I I think it, it all panned out the way it was supposed to, but it still fucking sucks, you know? Oh, girl, trust. I I remember the losing to Peppermint too. Yeah, right. (laughs) We, We both got cream dryer. Yeah, no, she's just such a great performer. So would you ever do All-Stars? Yeah, I totally would because um, because it like just like it meant to me the first time, Drag Race means so much to me. Like it means so much to so many people. And, and I anticipated it and tried to get on for so many years. And there were some really high points for me and clearly I went far. So it's not like it was a wash of an experience, but there are areas where, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. You wish you could do things differently. You wish you could have held your tongue at certain moments. You wish you could have spoken up for yourself at certain moments, but really what I would love to go back and do is go back, continue to show people that I'm a talented performer, but also, um, show people what kind of queen I am visually because I I didn't necessarily feel like some of the visual choices I made with my looks were even representative of myself back then. And that's what, almost four years ago? I um, mean, girl, like every single time I see you at DragCon, your looks are finale worthy. Like, thank they, you. They're, they're always impeccable. Like, so well, good. That means everything from you because I think... Somebody asked me the other day, who's your favorite drag queen in the world? And 
I think, you know, my easy answer was you, because I just think the level of professionalism and polish and excitement that you bring to your drag, it's just like, it, it's always surprising. Like, you're full of surprises, and I love that. You know, well, it's I not- appreciate it. I think you're amazing too, girl. I think that you would eat up all stars. I think that if you went in, the only thing I would suggest to you to do is because I know from your experience, you're thinking in your head, I don't want to be that girl going back in. I don't think you should um, kind of monitor yourself the way that you speak. I think you should go in being totally honest and totally yourself because people will live for you. Truthfully, yeah, I, you know, when it comes to how I was perceived on our season, that's honestly been the hardest pill to swallow from the whole experience. And there are, are plenty of people that wrote me off and have not given me another chance. And I can continue to get the bullshit hate online, uh, from a lot of people. And, um, I wouldn't be going in trying to change anybody's mind because I'm not trying to please everybody. You can't please everybody anyway. You can't. Um, it doesn't what? matter if you do the do everything right. There's still going to be people that just don't like you because they just don't want to like you. That's right. And and my my goal as far as who I am and representing who I am on the show again would just be to go in give it my all cuz you know that's that's what you're there to do if you're in a competition is give it my all but also um just try to relax and have a little bit of fun with it and not like i said not try to change anybody's minds and just be myself because um really that's all you can do when when you're there all you can control is how you're performing in the in the competition and what you say out of your mouth um i certainly would not ever think of uh of looking to blame anybody around me for any outfit choices i can tell you that. <laughs> yes yes i think you should that was good tv oh was it was, was that worth it <laughs> i mean only you can answer that but i i, I thought it was good tv i um i want to move on to our first because we haven't even gotten to our topics yet our first topic is going to be called hot topics Ooh. Mm, hot topics and hot topics today um there's a couple the first one that i want to lead right into um i had a quote-unquote discussion um on twitter today with jake yance oh um and jake yance is one of those people that a lot of people either really like him or they really don't um, and obvious, for obvious reasons, he's very opinionated. He does a drama channel on YouTube, so I can understand where people wouldn't like him because, you know, he's kind of like um, like the paparazzi or like... He lives for drama. <laughs> right. And, girl, that's okay. That's, it, that's it's, okay. It, it's entertaining. Um, there's sometimes that I live for his his uh, topics, and sometimes I'm just like, girl, what are you talking about? And yeah. today is one of those days that I was just like, I just, his, what he brought up on Twitter, I was just like, what are you talking about? Like, it just, it was dumb to me. Um, what did so, he say? Because I haven't been on Twitter yet today. Okay, so he had posted on his Twitter that... Basically, and this is me just, like, I'm just saying not verbatim. Um, He implied that Drag Race stole the theme of uh, Black Wedding, the runway from from this past episode, uh, from Dragula. And he, when he made this post, he he, he retweeted a post that Dahlia from Dragula had made. Now, mm. to, to keep it in context, Dahlia had made a post, and she has since deleted it, where she basically was saying that the theme was stolen from a past runway theme of Dragula. Got it. And, the, and then he had made his post and commented and basically was like, yeah, and they've also... Uh, done some other things from Dragula, like the reveal from season 12. He thought that that was very Dragula. And this is my thing. It's like, 
First of all, Drag Race has never labeled itself as a competition for pageant queens. It's never mm -hmm. labeled itself for comedy queens. It's never labeled itself for uh, alternative drag. They literally have a lot of different types of drag. Now, is there room for other drag that they haven't had on the show? Yes, like trans drag queens, cis drag queens, bearded yeah. drag queens. Like there's there's a ton of other drag that they could also incorporate, but we're yes. not talking about that right now. We're talking about the topic at hand. Yes. And, and what made me kind of roll my eyes at his post was that he was pointing out all these things that, said basically that Drag Race stole these ideas. And I'm like, girl, Dragula was not the first to have alternative drag on their program. If anything, Drag Race opened up a door for Dragula. Season one of Drag Race, they had Nina. They also had Angina. And neither one of those entertainers at that time were traditional. Right. Female presenting drag queens. They right. weren't. Uh, unconventional styles of drag, sure. Right. And they pushed their the, the boundaries. Then in season four, they had Sharon, who is a spooky drag queen. Mm -hmm. And they also had the Rupocalypse runway. And they continuously have themes that harken back to alternative drag, because that is part of the drag community. Mm -hmm. And um, another thing is that Black Wedding does not necessarily mean Gothic Wedding. Right. If you, if you noticed, over half the cast did a black, glamorous right. dress, and nothing which, was spooky about it. Which would not have flown well on Dragula. Right. So it just it just makes no sense for his comment, and, and we had like a back and forth. And, and again, I, I like Jake Yonce. I just thought that this was a dumb, made-up drama that... He didn't need to make up because he's got so many other things that he could talk about. So I also like Jake. We I actually went live with him a few weeks ago after a Drag Race episode, and we had a good time. And I um I think he actually has a fairly balanced point of view, and he's got a, a good head on his shoulders, especially because I didn't realize how young he was. But I do think that this is something that a lot of young people tend to do, um, and. And that is, and it's also something just that a lot of queens in general tend to do. And that is to think that something was invented or something is fresh or something belongs to them and they become possessive of it. Because the truth is... Nothing's original. Everything's been done, baby. Everything has been done. You're, everybody is really just recycling something. And I mean, listen, don't get me wrong there are fresh innovators of the field who can put something out that makes you go, oh, wow, never seen anything like this, or, wow, that really makes me think in a different way. And that's great, you know, and that's amazing, and we need those people to push the art form forward. But 98% of the time, something is in somehow inspired by or referential to something else, and it's just like, why bother picking it apart? Because really... Everything we should be old. celebrating. Yeah, we should be celebrating both television competitions. Like the more LGBTQ plus things on TV or platforms that the better. highlight us. Yeah, the better. Why? Why are we pinning those two? That really are the only thing they really have in common is the fact that it's drag competitions against each other. They both do things for our community in a positive way and we should really just support both of them. I agree. I agree. And I love Dragula and I love Dragula. And th that's the thing is like, and you know, drag race to me took a lot of their concept of how to structure their show from shows like project runway. And before that America's next top model, like America's next top model was probably the originator of how a lot of these reality competition shows are now. Right, totally. And so nothing is original, and we really shouldn't be pinning things against each other. Um, if you're listening to this, go check out Jake Yonce on YouTube. He has a fabulous YouTube channel that has a lot of drama videos. Nothing is really 
that's serious. It's just all in fun. So go ch take a listen. Um, go follow him online. He loves to banter back and forth. If you have an opinion, he's totally okay with that. Well, things weren't that serious till till this season. Now they're pretty serious. <laughs> Girl, hello. Girl. Well, um, I want to move on to the next hot topic. Okay. And um, you seem like you're, I mean, obviously you're a very smart person and you seem like you keep up with current events. Sure. Um, are you aware, like, they're like Trump and his administration are like trying to reopen America? Girl, um, so you know, I'll just quickly say, just to give a little frame of context before I speak out about what's going on right now, that when we film Drag Race, uh, you have no no contact with the outside world, and the only contact or the only thing I could do to feel a part of the world going on around us was watch the news a lot in the hotel room. Right. And at that point, it looked like we were gearing up to have our, our first female president, Hillary Clinton. And I was so excited to live our dream, our fantasy in a world with the first female president of America. Cause we and seemed like we were going in the, the right direction. Like we, we had president Obama, which really changed the game really to me felt like he brought the country together. The world looked at us respectively and, and then we were going to move on to Hillary, which was going to just continue that. That's what I thought yeah. too. I mean, I don't, I mean, maybe I was in denial, maybe progressive people were in denial, but um, I don't think anybody expected this dude to win the presidency. So anyway, that was a shock. It was devastating. And I had a, you know, a really rough night on that election night. And when I woke up in the morning and I was devastated and depressed, I said to myself, okay, you just have to add activists to your job description now. And if you remember when we were on the season nine tour together, um, whenever I had that microphone in my hand, you I always throw it. <laughs> <laughs> that too. But, and I never had any complaints. I'm sure you, how, how's your head? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but I always made a point of saying, live your truth, speak your truth. Cause it's always worth it. And, you know, and I, you know, I'd say whatever your truth is, just speak it because that's, that's what we have the right and the privilege to do in the free world. So anyway, that's sort of the context of how I feel generally um, about politics and, and how that all went down. But one, one move after another in this, I, I really, I can't even use the P word when I describe him because he ain't mine. He ain't my president. No, um, I agree. And um at every turn throughout his time in office, through the administration he's built, I think he's done so many damaging, um, really kind of horrific things to our country and to people. And because he's an egomaniac and he is, above all else, thinking about himself and, and perhaps he's thinking about the other people like him, which are filthy rich white men. I don't even um, think, I honestly, I think he would literally kill him, his own children to save himself. You're probably right. Honestly, you're probably right. So this is someone who's extremely selfishly motivated. And, you know, I think the only thing that was, I think the most important thing to him, because any of the really damaging stuff he's done, I don't think it comes from his personal convictions. I just think it comes from trying to appease a conservative party or a conservative. Um, it's to line his pockets. Yeah. To line his pockets. Yeah. And so I think really what he is most concerned with is money. And that's all that this douchebag is thinking of right now is how can we get the money flowing back in this country, which is hurting right now financially, no question. But I think more important than money flowing is the safety and lives of the American people. So um, I, I hope and I trust that the way he has not handled this situation will be the nail in his coffin, which I cannot wait for. I just, I wish it, it would move more quickly. You know, a lot of people are like, um, Bernie or bust. And, um, they're like, I don't even want to vote for 
Joe because I don't believe in him or da 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 da. But the thing is, is that every Democrat, this is what I, the one thing that I'm so proud of the Democrat Party right now is that they literally have come together and rallied behind one person, whether it be Joe or whoever it would have been. Yes. They, they have came and rallied behind that person because they know we don't have a choice and that the yes. only way we're going to win this election is if we come together as one and vote this orange fucker out. And, and they understand, they understand that it's about the greater good and the greater good is getting rid of Trump at all costs. He is so dangerous. He's been so dangerous. He's done so much damage. And if he gets another term in office, it could be downright catastrophic. It's already been hideous. It could be, it could be so bad. And I think that, I think that the people in the party are selfless enough to understand that it's about the greater good. And it's about, it's about getting our democracy back because our democracy has been taken. What I'm loving about Joe is that he is listening to his counterparts mm-hmm. that he, he was running against and he's he's pivoting more towards some of their ideas as well. He's not being a dictator like, oh, I've made up my mind and this is what how I'm gonna, you know, run right. my campaign. No, he's taking ideas from these other important Democrats and he is implementing those with his campaign which is great because it's going to it's going to hopefully further bring our party together where we can all do what is best for our country and the reason that he's able to do that is because he understands what democracy is like him or not he has a history and a long life in politics and for that reason alone he's a better candidate for president because the chimp in the White House now, doesn't know shit about politics. He had no history in politics, and he doesn't belong in politics. And so, I agree. so anyway, uh, I really, I hope and I trust that all of Bernie's supporters are going to get on board because obviously Bernie has, Bernie knows that this is about getting Trump out of office and supporting Joe Biden in however he can to make sure that he wins the presidency as he should. And um, anybody, and I'm saying this now, and I hope everybody hears this, anybody who thinks it is right not to vote for the Democratic candidate is a Trump supporter. Oh, absolutely. If you do not do your duty, because let me be clear, voting is not a privilege. It's a civic duty. And if you don't go do your civic duty and vote blue in this election, you are a Trump supporter. And not just blue. Like, don't write in someone. Your vote needs to go to who the Democrats nominate as the nominee. That's a good distinction. Yeah, that's a good distinction. Which is Joe. And, like, let me be clear, too. Joe was not my first nor my second choice. Me neither, girl. Me neither. But I know we have no choice but to vote for who the nominee is going to be the reason the reason Joe Biden will be a better president is he he has better integrity better morals and he will have a team uh, he will have an administration of other progressive minded democrats around him which right will, all these people all these which people will that. which will do better for our country than the hands we're in now which is really where our country is in the worst shape i think it's ever been in because ever. of this administration yeah. Well, I want to um, move on from this like solemn um, topic and, and go on to one of my favorite topics. And I'm sure it's some of the listeners' favorite topics. It's called Drag Race Rundown. Mm-hmm. And the first topic I want to talk about is your drag daughter Jan's elimination. Now, I want to give my opinion and then I want to take yours. Okay. Um, I, first of all, live for Jan. I think that she's an immense talent. I mean, girl, she can dance the house down. She's an amazing singer, probably one of the top singers that's ever been on the show. Mm -hmm. Um, Her fashion is good. Her drag is good. Her makeup is good. Girl, she's a really freaking cute boy too, bitch. (laughs) Um, 
And I thought that the challenge where they did, what was the challenge that they did where she dressed up as Michelle Visage? Um, so they did the, the, the Madonna Rusical. Oh, so I thought that the Madonna Rusical, she won hands down and the, and it was, the runway was great. Her performance was great. She should have won that challenge. But this past week she was eliminated mm-hmm. for her performance in their commercials for, um, whatever it was called. Their products. Yeah. Yeah. Their products. And I think that that was the appropriate choice for the episode, my opinion. Um, I think that Jan did okay in the lip sync, but I feel like Jan just overperformed it. And I understand why she was trying to stay, so she's pulling out all the stops, but that song was not a stunt kind of song to me. Um, but uh, what do you think? So um, I. And be so unbiased. I'm so proud of Jan and how she performed and represented herself on the season. She is a true superstar. Um, And there were a couple times where I thought she belonged either closer to the top than she was or in the top or winning a challenge. I thought she easily could have won her first challenge where she had that verse in the Chicago number. Um, Oh, yeah. She did great there, too. And, you know, and I really did not care for the sort of narrative of the critiques which was like you're trying you're like you're giving us too much you're trying too hard and i'm like how are you going to fault somebody when you tell people to come into a competition and give it your all how are you going to fault somebody for giving it their all and someone who happens to be ferociously talented and when they give it their all they give they give fiercely you know what i mean so i wasn't really having that and I felt um, I felt like she was scrutinized for a similar reason in this in this commercial. Look, here's what was difficult about this episode that she went home on. It was an acting challenge where nobody really fell totally flat on their face. Right. The the biggest things that we had to critique the bottom four on were low energy, giving too much or not really being funny enough and not living up to your potential. And uh, to be more specific, I think that they agreed that Gigi and Widow were kind of flat in energy. And I think that they felt Sherry was um, was not performing to her potential and that it wasn't really comedic enough. And in Jan's case, I thought it was funny, but it was sort of everything but the kitchen sink. You know, there could have been editing there could have been more levels in the energy, but it wasn't a fall flat on your face performance in an acting challenge. It certainly wasn't. In fact, when I thought about how some people have performed in acting challenges in the past, she might have ranked closer to the top on a different season, you know, where, where people did really badly. Right. So I think it was a series of unfortunate events. Um, I don't know that she belonged in the bottom. Um, I think that, you know, if Gigi and Sherry were in the bottom four, which they were, um, I think that they those girls got passed on because they have been slaying the competition. Right. You know? mm-hmm. So I think that's how Jan ended up in the bottom with Widow, whose performance was the flattest of the group. Right. Um, and then as far as the lip sync goes, yes, you're right. Um, Jan fought hard, and you can't fault her for fighting hard when 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 you're lip syncing for your life, you're going to give it everything you got. Absolutely. Um, and she sure did. And it was a noble fight, but yes, um, widow embodied the song, you know, she lived in it. Um, I think it's an unfair, uh, comparison, especially after widow had this emotional moment where she's crying to Shaka Khan and saying, I so badly wanted to have this moment with you and have it be special. And, you know, and, and yes, she's more suited to the song. So I think it's a, a bit unfair. Well, girl, uh, like, look, if you look at it, like, after watching Untucked, and this is the thing is, is everyone needs to remember that this is, Drag Race is not t- to the fullest a real competition, like, say, a pageant is, for example. A pageant, you go in, you have different categories, they score you, and whoever has the highest score overall wins. Right. And with Drag Race, 
it's a TV show first. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now, is it a competition? Yes, it's also a competition, but first and foremost, they are creating a TV show to entertain you all. And there's storyline involved. There is so many different elements and dynamics to creating this show to make you feel certain ways in each episode all the way to the finale that they have to connect the dots. And you could tell in Jan's face in Untucked when Shaka Khan was sitting there with Widow, she was gone. Like, there was no ifs, ands, or buts. She could have done three pirouettes into a back split, flip, split. Right, right. She was gone. Like, there, that was not her, you know, her, you know, that was not her narrative, Gia. Like, it literally was Widow's. It, that's right. It was not her story being told, and that's that's a that's a, a reality of reality TV. And uh, so I think it's unfortunate, but I think the good news for Jan is everybody loves her because she's gorgeous and she's talented and she's a she's a great gal and she she will be did... awesome on All Stars and bitch. If y'all get pitted against each other, <laughs> I wanna I'm gonna have my popcorn and I'm gonna be watching, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just. I, I would love that. I would love to compete with Jan on All-Stars. I, there's some other people I'd love to go to All-Stars with, too. There's some dramatic combinations you could put in the mix that involve me. Um, but we'll well, we're, I wanna, we're gonna get Yeah, we're going to get more in that because I have questions at the end. Don't, don't spill a tea. Let's move on. I want to talk about another topic that you gave me permission to talk about. We actually talked about this briefly when we had that luncheon. And um, now that it's had some time to breathe, you were very close to Sherry Pie. We don't have to cover all of this topics because I'm sure everybody knows what's going on with Sherry Pie. If you don't, Google it. Um, Where, uh, because y'all were really good friends, where do you stand now? Have you talked to her? Like, what's going on? So um, Sherry had been one of my closest friends in the past three years. And, um, so to learn about all of what happened was devastating. And I learned about, uh, what had happened specifically to her quote unquote best friend, um, Danny, um, because they worked very closely together and Danny was a friend of mine. And just to give you a little context, I knew about this whole casting process that Danny was going through that Sherry had helped facilitate. It was such a deep web of lies that there were people around them that knew about it, myself included. But you thought it was legit. We thought it was legit. Um, I did not know some of the details. I might have questioned it if I had known some of the details. But the point is, I thought it was legit. And it was devastating. And when I found out, and I found out from Danny's own mouth, um, I said, Danny, I am so sorry um, this is just unthinkable and I support you a hundred percent in anything that you need to do to move forward with this. And I didn't know what he was going to do. And so I, I held my tongue and it spread like wildfire among the New York community. So things had started to shift for her already in the months between sort of in the new year, basically was when things started to, uh, get found out here in New York. And so y'all knew all about all this way before it became public. Well, I knew what she had done to Danny, um, which is chronicled in the NBC News article, if you haven't read it. But I knew what she'd done to Danny. And then two days before the premiere, I get a text message from one of my colleagues here in New York. And they said, somebody else just came forward about Cherry. And that's when I saw the, the Facebook posts that Ben had made. And within a 24-hour period, it spread like wildfire. And within 48 hours, she had made the statement and World of Wonder had said what they were doing about it and she was disqualified. And I spoke to her that night because I thought to myself, for feeling, you know, obviously the trust, the, the, the trust in the friendship was broken. I did not think this was someone I could trust anymore. Um, but at the same time, I didn't want her to go kill herself. Right. And 
so I uh, I reached out the night that that she was disqualified, and I felt actually that it was that she was um, being realistic about the situation, which I had. What was she saying? Um, just sort of wondering what her next step should be. If she should quit drag entirely, if she should, you know, go upstate, get out of the city. You know, I just felt she was facing the situation because the, the situation was undeniable at this point. You know, there was no hope of salvaging her time on drag race. So she was facing reality. It seemed, um, I'm not going to get into detail, but I, I continued to distance myself. However, I did check in from time to time and during this quarantine time because I thought she's been isolating herself longer than any of us. Right. Um, but the truth is we had a conversation and there was something said to me that um, I had a really hard time hearing. And to me, it suggested there was still a lack of empathy and responsibility. And that was when I thought I can't, I can't continue to be a part of this. And so, um, actually just about a week ago, uh, I sent a text and I said, I know this isn't the greeting you want from me, but, um, I need some space. Cause she had offered me to take space back when everything happened. And I, um, I thought about it, but I hadn't officially said I need space. So I said, I need space. And, um, and I said, uh, that's just where I'm at. And I don't want to be unkind to you by just ignoring you. I thought better to tell you where I'm at and to also say that people ask me about it now quite a lot. And I cannot hold my tongue because holding my tongue suggests that I'm okay with it, that I'm okay with it or okay with your actions. And that, you know, of course I'm not. And I, I a hundred percent support and stand with these victims. It is hard to come forward. It takes courage. And so I stand with them and I believe them. So, um, last question and then we can move on. Do you think that she's legitimately getting help? Cause in her, her post on Facebook that she made, she said, she said that she was getting help. And, um, do you think that that is true? Um, I believe that it's true. And at the same time, because the trust was so broken, I take it with a grain of salt. I don't, I, I'm not an authority. I don't, I don't go to her appointments with her. I don't know, you know, I don't have a record of it. Why would I? So I believe that she's getting help, but the truth is I don't know for fact. She like, from what I heard, she's about to have a bunch of legal stuff added to this. Like it's not just ruined her career, like financially, she is about to go into a whole another ball game uh, financially and legally. I do not know about that. Um, when I first heard about what had happened to Danny, I thought that it would it would come to that. But the truth is, I don't know. Uh, again, I this is not anything I know any facts about. Well, that is definitely a tough situation because you know when you're someone's friend, you can't just cut ties with them because. Uh, they're going through something extreme like that. I mean, just right away, you know, you, you had to, there's a lot of, there's a lot of different elements at play when someone is your friend or your family, you have to weigh a bunch of different things before you decide to step away, which is what you did. So I, I commend you for, for making a responsible decision on what you had to do. Um, is there anything else before we go that you want to plug yeah, just to um, to let people know, uh, just to remind them that now we have had our, our sneak preview on TLC of Dragnificent and that our official premiere is tonight at 10 p.m. on TLC and that is our regular night. You can tune in every Monday night at 10 uh, to watch me and Jujubee and Thorgy Thor and Bibi Sahara Benet on Dragnificent on TLC. That's super excited. I um I want to let all the listeners know that as soon as you listen to this on Patreon, I will be posting Twitter questions from you guys for Alexis, as well as a game which is going to be called Tuck Mary or Slap, and <laughs> that'll be available right now on Patreon. So go listen to that. Um, oh, Trinity, if I may. Yes, you may. 
The one other thing I would like to say, and um, not to get preachy or whiny or anything, is everybody, why don't you go follow my Instagram at Alexis Lives? Because as I said, as part of the way I think I was perceived on the show, a lot of people wrote me off and it shows in my social media numbers. And I'm grateful to all of the people that support me and follow me. But as well, you know, the number of followers you have It impacts your gigs. It impacts getting cast on shows like All Stars. And I would love to have some more support uh, from people. And I do encourage people to go follow you. You always post the most beautiful pictures, selfies, professional pictures of yourself. And you look stunning. Um, Thank you. So definitely go follow Alexis. Um, Before we hang up, I I want to just say something that my grandmother always used to tell me, if you ain't got nothing nice to say, come sit by me. Thank you so much for being on the show. Um, I, I hope we get to do this again. And I love sitting by you, Trinity. You are my favorite. I love you so much. I tell everybody that really you were the big the big surprise takeaway friend from our season, and I'm so glad to know you. It's, a, it's an honor. Oh, I really do love you too. Well, until next time, bye. Bye. Bye.